podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trey Stralko from the Sons of UCF, joined by Eric Lopez of the Black and Gold Banner. Welcome to Around the Kingdom. Elo, hello. Happy New Year. Trace, I haven't seen you since, well, last year. Yes. Good to have you back. Huh? Coming up on the UCF Fastest UCF Show, UCF's got their quarterback. What does that mean for 2024? Plus, basketball conference play begins in the Big 12. You know what that means. Props and drafts, people. Stay tuned. For more. <laughs> oh, we're going to have some fun with that. Before we get going, let's welcome in the third member of our team, Adam Eaton from the Suns of UCF. Keeps an eye on the clock. Keeps us on our toes, Adam. Happy New Year to you. Same to you, gentlemen. Trace, good to have you back. Glad to have the uh, the cast and crew back together for another rousing edition, the first of 2024. All right, we'll check back with you in a few, Adam. All right, you mentioned it, Elo, quarterback. Happy boom year to Knight Nation and to Gus Malzahn and staff. Knights reel in a commitment from Arkansas quarterback K.J. Jefferson, some dubbing him the second coming of Cam Newton, I know you don't subscribe to that. He is, of course, his own person. But big news for UCF on the first day of 2024. Trace, this is, I think, the most significant transfer addition in the Gus Malzahn era. To get K.J. Jefferson, who has been a longtime starter at Arkansas in the SEC with his physical still skills that I think fit Gus's offense. This is an incredible coup for Gus and UCF to answer their quarterback questions. He's got one year on him. I wrote a column on blackandgoldbanneret.com. I think this move, Trey Stralko, makes UCF an instant contender in the Big 12 because of K.J. Jefferson and what he's going to have around him with this offense. So what you're saying is he plays linebacker, too? <laughs> I'd still have some holes. And by the way, thanks for revealing what you got for the holidays, which was a big stash of hopium. Well, you have bought into this KJ Jefferson uh, coming in, a rental quarterback for one year. You're convinced he is the real deal. It looks good on paper. Certainly seems an upgrade over what the Knights have had the last couple of seasons with J uh, John Rice Plumley. Uh, but uh, the game's still got to be played on the field, Elo, and uh, we'll see what he does uh, against that Big 12 schedule in the fall. Here's the question for you, Trace. When was the last time you're going to go in in August and not have a question about the starting quarterback room? It's been a while at UCF. I would argue this will be the first fall that nobody, the media, the fan base, you, will have any questions about the starting quarterback since 2018 when Mackenzie Milton came in as the opening day starter. I think this is the most talented quarterback, potentially, that UCF has had since Mackenzie Milton. But Gus will say it's an open quarterback competition, won't he? Or do you think he's going to declare KJ the starter in spring? I think uh, you just want to see improvement from all your players. I think that's the <laughs> message. Let's see what let's see what happens there, right? Uh, but let's get into it. Now, you meant, I mentioned earlier, what does this mean? KJ Jefferson now will be the starter for UCF in a stacked Big 12. I said in the column that they're a Big 12 contender, Trace. Are you bought in? Are you on the bandwagon? UCF, contender, Big 12. I see improvement at the quarterback position over John Rice Plumley. I'm not ready to jump into year two in the Big 12 as a contender. I saw a lot of comments on social media and message boards with people saying, Arlington, here we come in that Big 12 championship game. 
I'm not there yet. Again, I have said at many times on this show and on Sons of UCF, Gus Malzahn's good for four losses, right? That's his average over the years. Uh, and so until I see different from him, this has been a program in decline year over year under Gus Malzahn. I know change of leagues, better competition, better recruiting rankings. I'm not ready to put him in a title game. But would you agree this offense gives you a chance? I agree. Defensively, they've got issues. Guess what? So does everybody in the Big 12. Nobody <laughs> plays defense. So to me, 8-4, and 9-3, and three, I think it's very manageable there with this offense, with R.J. Harvey back. You've got Kobe Hudson back. you got a decent amount of the offensive line back with a quarterback that's proven, a quarterback that has actually won in Gainesville, the same Gainesville swamp that UCF will be playing in in October. That's a nice luxury to have, Trace. For as much maligned and I think unfounded that you'll hear fans talk about UCF's offensive line, I think Herb Hand is one of the best coaches on the staff and always gets uh, improved performance out of his players. You know, we laughed. We went back to spring, fall camp, talking about eight, nine deep. Boy, they ended up using a lot of different guys. What was it? Four different guys at center. And he made it work. Imagine if K.J. Jefferson has better protection. He certainly didn't have it in Arkansas. He's always running for his life there. On paper. Offense is better. Still some things to be sorted out with the roster. You'll see some more movement in and out of the portal uh, and what impact the young guys can make. On paper, a better offense. I'm not entirely sure we've seen all of the questions on defense answered. Uh, again, we're just a couple weeks removed from the bowl. Will you agree with this? This on paper should be Gus Malzahn's best offense at UCF by far. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. I think the return of R.J. Harvey is, is critical in that. Uh, again, there's going to be more changes to the roster, uh, but I think coming in, he's more experienced than the conversion of John Rice Pumley from wide receiver to quarterback and the controversy. It will be nice not to have that lingering over the fan base as we saw in that Mikey Keene versus John Rice Pumley battle. I would argue this will be the first time the fan base, for the most part, will be unified as far as the quarterback room since maybe McKenzie with maybe Dylan early on. In the you know, I, you, I'm telling you, as have been, it seems like the players too are excited uh, based on some of the reaction. So far, positive, good start to 2024 for UCF football. We're in between New Year's resolutions and putting a bow on 2023. You know, the halfway mark of the fiscal year for UCF athletics comes at the end of December. And we saw the fall sports, we see basketball going now. What was your top story or best moment uh, from, from fall? Well, I think the best moment for me, obviously, was UCF men's soccer getting to be number one ranked team in the country, the first UCF team to ever be ranked number one in any sport. That was unique to see that, that number one ranking and the way they were playing. To me, that's the top story that I'll reflect on from the fall. I think the tail end of that season diminishes that somewhat. Sure. Perhaps sure. history will allow us to look back fondly on how well they played. I'd say going in, though, that UCF football in its first season in the Big 12 was competitive in games. Didn't really get blown out in games. We talk about the losses. Uh, the five-game road, five-game losing streak, but competitive in their first year, which I think gives you some hope. Looking to your prognostication that this is an eight-nine, maybe ten-win team, that the way they played in their first year, they can build upon as they have done through recruiting and in the portal, 
and really build upon something. So I'd say the story, though, is that they didn't get blown out. They finished ahead of BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and that's a good thing. You think that's better than a team being right going to rank number one? Come on. We can't pick the same uh, topic, Eli. All right. Worst story. Worst story of the fall. Well, I'll stick with football, though. Your men's soccer one's compelling. We were there, the Baylor game. Do I need to say more? That was brutal. We may never, ever see that again, where you blow a 28-point lead, 25 in the fourth quarter. If it wasn't for the fact that I got to hang out with Brian W. Peterson and Adam Eaton after the postgame, that might have been the worst day ever. But because I hung out with them, it wasn't so bad. But that that was brutal, the Big 12 football opener. Got to agree with you there, but I'll go back. Men's soccer, the way this season ended after the high of being number one, that was a downer for them. But certainly the Baylor loss, the worst of the worst. No doubt about that. Well, everybody, it's New Year's, folks. Trace has been on a long vacation, took a year off, literally. Uh, <laughs> so I'm curious, Trace, now that you're back, and everybody does this at this time of year, what kind of resolutions do you have for people at UCF? Well, let's name uh, Gus Malzahn, previously yeah. mentioned. Do you, I'll ask you this question, because this is one of my resolutions for him, treat his year two in the Big 12, like it's his fourth year running this program. I don't think he gets a do-over. I don't think the first two years go out the window and it's a fresh start. Yes, there's a transition, uh, but I think this is the fourth year of Gus Malzahn and expectations are raised and K.J. Jefferson contributes to that. So treat it like it's your fourth year, not just your second year in the Big 12. Very good, very good. I'm going to say Johnny Dawkins. Where I got a resolution for Coach Dawkins. Can we get you some shooters? Can you get Jalen <laughs> Sellers, your guy, to shoot better than 25% from the three-point line and revert back to what he was at Ball State, shooting 45%? Because if you're going to be competitive and steal some wins in the Big 12, you've got to shoot well from the three-point line and win that battle. Terry Mahajer, how about some scheduling announcements for football? Uh, need another game or two uh, in 2025. No game scheduled, Elo, in 2026. He's got some work to do. How about hearing some announcements? That's my resolution for him. Resolve to fill in the blanks in the schedule. I got a resolution for UCF baseball head coach Rich Wallace. Find some pitching. Can you find the next Jason <laughs> Arnold or Justin Pope who you played with? Something to that caliber. We are lacking pitching arms. That was an issue with baseball last year. Find some pitching. I know you got some talent bats and you got some hit good hit assistance. Find pitching. All right, I'll end with, and it all seems to go together and goes back to money. That is the new age of college sports, college football. For the kingdom, find some more donors, find some more change in the couch cushions. They're going to need money to ink players, not just football. Let's see it rain down on basketball and the other sports as well. Because you know this, Elo, seeing the softball schedule the way it has been for a number of years now, the difference between the top programs, even those teams on the periphery of the you know top 25, is significant. It's going to come down to inking those big-name athletes. I agree. My, this one comes out to softball donors, fans, whoever's in charge of facility upgrades. We need one. Put one for softball so people like Trace can have a good time when he comes out to softball and not have to sit on the floor. Let's expand the seats. Oklahoma and Texas are coming to the Plex. That's a once-in-a-lifetime deal. It's going to be packed, be loud, support this team. They're going to need it in the Big 12. But can we get some facility upgrades? Shout out Kevin Reese, who's been calling for shade at the Plex. <laughs> All right. What are your resolutions? Let us know. Time to bring back in Adam. 
And our time now for a silly game, Adam. We'll do a silly game in a second, gentlemen, but hopefully you all had a great New Year's Eve. Hopefully it was safe and happy, and you probably had a good time if you called our friends at the Sultry Spirit because they are a mobile bartending service that will service all of your needs. Their bartenders will whip up some classic cocktails, but put a little spin on them and make sure you have the best party ever. So maybe you didn't have a good New Year's. You need a do-over. Maybe you want to try another one this weekend. Call the Sultry Spirit now, 941-567-7062. Or if you're on that Instagram thing, you follow them at the Sultry Spirit <laughs> and uh, and they can hook you up with an experience that you will not forget. Again, 941-567-7062 is how you can get in touch with them. And when you call that number, you tell them you heard about them on the Sons of UCF and Around the Kingdom and they will knock off 10% of that bill for you and you will get a special gift as well. So don't wait. Literally hit pause now and go call them and then hit play so you can hear Trace and Eric fumble through the silly game. Again, Sultry Spirit, they will turn your party into something fantastic. All right, gentlemen, I got an easy one this this week. It's first week back. You know, we're all back to work today. No one's really into it. So I got some easy ones for you. Here's the first one, Eric. You said this earlier. I thought it was interesting, so I'll start with you. This is a true or false in the next 10 years, UCF will be playing in the now expanded college football playoff. True or false, Eric? Wow. That's a simple one. Um, I will say 10 years true because you can luck into one. TCU did that last year, and that was at a 14 playoff. I got to believe that the recruiting and everything, even though who knows how many teams will be in the Big 12 in 10 years, I'll say true. Yes, UCF will be at least in one playoff. Trace, 10 years are your nights in the playoff. Elo's all about the hopium. I got to hang on to a little. I got to say yes to that, uh, or it's going to be difficult to do shows like this if they aren't ever contenders. But, you know, that spot that they have in Florida and the recruiting position that they have, I do like that. It doesn't hurt, of course, that Oklahoma and Texas leave the league, and it makes it even more wide open. All right, staying on the bowl game theme for a second. I don't know if all of you out there caught the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando. What a what a great event that was. But it featured Tennessee and their head coach, Josh Heupel, who's now been there three years, the exact amount of years he was spent at UCF. Crazy to think about that. So looking back on a trace, what was Josh Heupel's legacy? What's his legacy going to be now that he's been removed from UCF for three years? The thing I give him the most credit for is the way he took over the team uh, after Scott Frost left and uh, blended what he wanted to do and the terminology and and the interests of the players and kept things rolling along. And I don't think that was necessarily an easy thing for him to do. And he did it and uh, was a successful 2018 season. If not for Mackenzie Milton's injury, maybe you get perfection uh, in that 2018 year. So I give him the most credit for that. Elo, what's Heupel's legacy at UCF? Offense, right? Throwing the football. I feel like from moving forward, anytime UCF's offense gets scrutinized, it's going to be that compared to the Frost 17 team and the Hypo teams of 18 and even 19, 20, they put 20, put up good offensive numbers. The thing that's disappointing is where was the defense that they had? Uh, again, granted, they played Iowa, so you don't have to have a defense to shut them out, but we could have used <laughs> some of that too. And that's the other part of his legacy is that's where the defense kind of went south for UCF is with under Josh Heupel's watch because he didn't really, uh, you would argue, not pay attention too much to the defensive side of the ball. Qu- quick follow-up for both of you. One-word answers. Is UCF in the Big 12 if Heupel is still their head coach? No. <laughs> yes. 
I'm glad we agree. All right. <clears throat> More news, Trace. Uh, we talked about this uh, a few shows ago. I don't think you were on this show, but John Rice Pumley announced that he will forego his last season of baseball and focus on the NFL draft. It's his dream to play in the NFL. Trace, I'll start with you. Is this a wise decision for John Rice Pumley? Well, I wish him the best in whatever he does. I think he's been a good ambassador for UCF. I don't know that he had a very strong path uh, going baseball. He is 23 years old, and that's a, a long climb in the minor leagues. So I guess, yes, what the heck, but I'm not sure that I see him in the NFL, but I wish him luck. Well, here's the deal. You try out for the NFL draft, see what happens. If it doesn't work out, let's be honest, there's like a thousand rounds in the Major League Baseball draft. You're telling me somebody's not going to take them at some point? I think baseball's more of a fallback if the NFL doesn't work. So I don't think this necessarily closes the deal. I just think that if you want to try the NFL, you got to do it now. You can't wait. Kind of do the Kyler Murray approach. So I, I, I don't. I think that's. I don't think it's a bad decision. I don't. I, I think it's a fine decision. What good would have come playing baseball at UCF this year? I don't think he gains much from that. All right, last one. We are recording this episode on January second. Elo, I'm going to start with you. What's the cutoff date when you stop telling people Happy New Year? When do we stop saying Happy New Year to somebody? It's January 2nd. What's the drop-dead date where you don't want to hear Happy New Year anymore? Jan <laughs> January 8th, right? Once school started, enrollment, like when I was a student, it's like, all right, th this year is not so happy anymore. I'm back in school. That's I'm, that's my student uh, in me saying it. So since school starts September 8th for UCF, if, on behalf of all you students, stop saying Happy New Year because there's, you know, there's no such thing as happiness when it comes to classes. Trace, what's the cutoff? When do you want to stop hearing Happy New Year? I think it depends on when I have seen somebody. And if I haven't seen them mid-month, I think I could still get away with a Happy New Year. So if you don't see someone until like March, you're okay? If that's, no, no, hey, mid-January, mid, mid mid-January. Okay, so mid-January, regardless of how often you see somebody, yeah. that's your cutoff. Okay. Well, if I haven't seen them, I think I could give them a Happy New Year on the 15th. Yeah. All right. Happy New Year, gentlemen. <laughs> All right. See you in a few. Okay, Elo. Men's basketball. Now the real season begins, okay, against the Big 12. But nights nine and three. Let's look back on it. What's the highlight for you of the nine and three non conference schedule? I think that this, the highlight is the depth that this UCF team has. This might be the deepest team that Johnny Dawkins has ever had. Not the most talented, but the deepest. Goes 10-11 man rotation. You realize this, Trace. UCF, in their nine wins, have averaged 33 points from the bench. In the three losses, only 16. Even the teams with BJ and Taco didn't have that much bench production. It was a six, seven, eight man rotation. This is a deeper team. I did not anticipate that uh, from UCF. I know fans don't like this, moral victories, but I was encouraged in that 70-68 loss to Ole Miss, Ole Miss that remains ranked and remains undefeated. I saw a glimpse of a team in that game where I felt like they could be competitive in Big 12 action, and that's what I am most encouraged by. Flip side, Elo, three losses, injuries throughout. What's your low moment of the first uh, part of the schedule? Oh, that's easy. It's the loss to Stetson. That second half to Stetson. I think you were there. They just Stetson blitzed them with 13 threes. They couldn't miss from the three-point line or the free throw line. You know, we when we did this before the season, I thought 10 and 2 was a number UCF can hit non-conference. That one loss could be pivotal depending on how they do in Big 12 play, whether they make the NIT or not. But that's the one setback is that Stetson game. The good news is defensively, they've been a different team since that game. You just wish it didn't have to come at that expense.
Yeah, Donnie Jones coming back to the arena, hadn't beaten him in 20 games. They could not miss a free throw at the end. They were good from three. Perfect storm against UCF. But the perception on the early part of the season changes with that game, right? If they are 10-2, and two, if they have that narrow loss to Ole Miss. By the way, the Ole Miss, if they got a win there, I think it would have canceled out the Stetson loss. But I think that lingers over and creates some doubt going into the season, whether you're going to see performances like the Stetson loss. And I think that's the, 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 the one mark. But I would say losing C.J. Walker. We talked about Darius Johnson, C.J. Walker. We've gotten surprises now. Jalen Sellers off to a good start, right, for the Knights. But we wanted to see C.J. Walker, and he begins the season injured, now back but got to get back into a rhythm and, and comfortable out on the court. To me, that was a disappointment uh, of the first half. You talked about it, right? If they had had him last season, how many wins does he contribute more to on what fans look upon as a downer season with an NIT, right? Uh, well, I'll, well, I'll double on that. I'll double on that. If you have C.J. Walker and if this Darius Johnson was there last year, healthy, last year he was not healthy, they would have been clearly an NCAA tournament team. Darius Johnson has been playing his best basketball of his UCF career to date. So we'll see. Well, that brings up the question, though, Trace. Big 12 opens Saturday night at Kansas State, a place Trace knows very well. On the ESPN2, by the way, might be uh, one of the rare linear games, could be the most watched UCF basketball game we get all year. But the question is, can UCF basketball, Johnny Dawkins, get more Big 12 wins than Gus did in year one of the Big 12? Gus had three wins, Trace, in the Big 12 officially, even though I would argue I dispute one of them. But anyway, three wins. Can basketball do better? Well, which one are you disputing? You're disputing Cincinnati. the Cincinnati? Yeah. <laughs> You're disputing the Cincinnati. I've thought all along the over-under was five wins uh, in the Big 12. Go back. I'm encouraged by that performance against Ole Miss. More than three and two of Gus's wins were over Cincinnati and Houston. So asterisks on those. Uh, so more wins than Gus and more legit legacy big 12 wins than Gus. I agree. I think they get more wins. Here's my question though, Trace, how many wins is this satisfactory enough to where we could say, Hey, we did pretty well considering the gauntlet, and it was year one. What's that magic number where everybody can agree? Because last year we were in disagreement. I thought before the year, if we made the NIT, it was a successful year. We made the NIT, and yet there was a dispute on whether that was a success or not. What is considered success in your in opinion? Well, and it's a question you wonder, and I've talked to people about, what does Terry Mahajer consider success, right? I think competitive basketball, as often as you can play it, will contribute to that. They were picked 14th by the league's coaches, so surpassing that uh, I think is important. I don't have a particular number. I want to see him competitive in games. I'm sticking, sticking with that five number, five, six. Uh, to me, would be a, a number I think first year in the Big 12 would be acceptable. Ken Palm is projecting UCF to get six wins. Sign me up if UCF gets six or seven wins. I think that'd be a huge success, and I think uh, not finishing last, that'd be a huge success in my view. All right, we're going to do something a little bit different. That schedule begins Saturday at Kansas State. Let's welcome back in Adam. We're going to do a little draft here, Adam and Elo, and you folks at home. We're each going to pick three games. Those are going to be our games. We're root for the Knights to win in that count for us. And that's nine of 18 games on the schedule. You, the audience, you get the other nine. If you pick up a win there, you get credit for it. Who'd we say, Adam, uh, gets the first pick? I get the first pick, right? Is that correct? 
Uh, it's unfortunately correct. Yeah, yeah. Give me West Virginia, a win over West Virginia home game against West Virginia. That one is mine. Good pick. That was going to be Elo. my pick, too. That was going to be my pick. <laughs> I stole your pick. I know. That was going to be my pick. I did a, another league where I did the same pick. I will go then Cincinnati at home. I'm going to go Cincinnati, just like football, Trace. Cincinnati. We beat Cincinnati. That was my second pick, Elo. We're thinking alike. Adam, you're on the clock. <clears throat> yeah, you're not helping out much here. Uh, with my first pick, so we're, gonna, we're doing snake draft, so I also get the next round's pick as well. So I got two in a row. So my very first pick, give me at Oklahoma State. As my, as my first one, yeah, give me, give me that one. I mean, you guys took all the uh, all the good home games, uh, and then for my next a road one, game, you're taking a road game. I'm taking a road game. I got I got no other options here. I'm looking at the schedule <laughs> for, for my next one. Give me Texas Tech at home. Going against Trace is Texas Tech. Now that's just football. Oh, you know, <laughs> okay. We got that clear. It's only a football fan. There you go. Understood. All right, Elo, you're on the clock. I will – oh, that was a good one by Texas Tech there, Adam. Yeah, that's a good Thank pick. You. I will go with Iowa State at home. Iowa State, not as good and on the road as they are at home. Further trip, I'm going to go Iowa State. Boy, I'm nervous about this now because it's still on the board for me. At West Virginia, I'm going – I'm doubling down on them beating – West Virginia, which means I get another pick, right? So at Cincinnati, at Cincinnati, steal a victory at Cincinnati. Boy, things are getting things are getting spicy around here. All right, so uh, Elo, you're 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 up next, buddy. I don't know what you're gonna do. I don't know. I'm glad you do. I don't. Um, I'm gonna go bold here. One of us has to be bold, and I will be the one that'll go bold because my bold prediction: UCF's first Big Twelve win. Against BYU. Oh, that's very bold. <laughs> storming the court. Are we storming the court, Trace and Adam? Are we? Storming Is that home court? or where they play? Oh, home, home or what? Home, home, home. Home, home, home. I'm not picking where. Home, home, home. Yeah, no way they're getting home. that on the road. No. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna have to go home games. Not a lot of options left on this uh, on this schedule here. You like Kansas? At, you want to be bold? I don't. I don't. I don't want to be that <laughs> it's bold. It's a sellout. Um, yeah, I don't want to be that bold here. I'm gonna <laughs> <clears throat> uh, give me the give me the last game of the year at TCU. Payback for get, the NIT. Huh? Things get crazy at the end of the year. Maybe they're already clinched something. They don't need to play for this thing. They got their seed locked up. Things get crazy last game of the year. Give me, give me TCU. None of us going with at Kansas State, the Big Twelve opener on the road. So that means the other nine games, folks, they're yours. See how you do against us. We'll be tracking this all season long. Gives us something to play for. All right, Adam, we'll check back with you in just a moment. Elo, we're not going to pick games on this show, but we are going to do more props like that, which we just saw. And uh, and you've got uh, a good one for us uh, this week. All right, let's start with Jalen Seller. So I think it's been fun to watch. I think you would agree with this, Trace. At leading scorer for the Knights, averaging 18 points a game. So my question is for everybody, does Jalen Sellers get more than 18 points or less? That's how this works. Over under 18 points Saturday night in Manhattan against Kansas State. Yeah, I like this one. I'm going under. I've referenced the Ole Miss game. He had 11 against Ole Miss. Darius Johnson had 25 in that game. I expect Kansas State to focus on shutting down Jalen. 
you've talked about. Where's the offense going to come from? We're going to have to see someone else step up. I don't think it's impossible that they come out of Manhattan, Kansas with a win. I think it's a difficult game for them to win on the road in their first Big 12 game, but not impossible. Somebody, more than somebody, is going to have to come up big if Kansas State shuts down Jalen. I'm going to go over because I was in two reasons. I was encouraged of what I saw from uh, him against Bethune-Cookman. He hit three three-pointers. He shot the ball well. He was in a slump. He hadn't hit a three-pointer in over a month. I think that could get him going, and I think he'll score like 20, 21 points. The other reason why I like it, news that just hit before we recorded, Jerome Tang, the Kansas State head coach, saying that they're two of their best players. They've been without their best player, Tomlin, and their sixth man is out with an injury. We don't know if they will play against UCF or not. Maybe Adam will have an answer for us before the end of the show, or maybe you guys will on Sons of UCF Live. But Kansas State not at full strength. They're playing Chicago State as we record this. so. Maybe UCF can sneak in there with a banged-up Kansas State team. Of course, we said the same thing for the Big 12 football opener when Will Howard in Kansas was supposedly banged up, and we know how that turned out. But maybe a little optimism there, Trace. All right, you with a hopium from start to finish around the kingdom. Hey, let's bring back in Adam, just an integral part of this week's Around the Kingdom. Adam, you haven't had much time to do yeah. research as we've involved yeah. you in, in the show, but maybe you've got a nugget or two for us. Well, don't you worry. I appreciate Eric giving me a research fact with 30 <laughs> seconds left in the show. Fantastic. <laughs> I do have some for you, though, here. KJ Jefferson, 6'3", 247. That's probably where you get the Cam Newton comparison. He had a down year in 2023, but he had a great two years in 2021 and 2022 when he ran a spread-style offense. Uh, similar to Gus Malzahn. Uh, you talked about contenders right now for uh, for 2024. The Vegas odds have been released for the top 12 teams that they think can win the 2024 College National Championship. No Big 12 team is on that list. So nobody in the Big 12 cracks that top 12. Uh, this is the third straight show where Eric Lopez has campaigned for um, uh, expanding the, the Plex. Uh, so if you're scoring at home, uh, three straight shows on the Plex. <laughs> uh, basketball, UCF is net 69 right now, gentlemen. So that puts them right on the bubble of the tournament. A lot of things can happen. Happen, but their net 69 ranking and Jalen Sellers six games over 18 points, although only one of his last six. So to Eric's po uh, point, mm. gotta start getting hot here soon, friends. All right, thank you, Adam. Elo, we talked about New Year's resolutions. Do you make any? Yeah, clearly, I want to push the softball narrative in the facilities. Oh. Adam pointed out personal, personal ones, not for softball. Uh, you know what? Take every day and enjoy it. Don't don't stress about six weeks from now, a year from now, two years ago. Take it all in uh, every year, not be so stressed out. That's my resolution. I think that is a great one. A couple of facts about New Year's resolutions. Some statistics show surveying Americans. 38% of people claim never make a resolution. I, I don't make any. I'm just making them for other people like Terry Mahajer. 23% ELO quit on their resolution by the end of the first week of January. And by the end of January, you know, when Adam stops saying Happy New Year to people, 43% have quit uh, on their resolutions. So if you make them, good luck to you. But statistically, odds are that you will not be continuing them for much longer. All right, look for new episodes midweek, every week on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. It also drops wherever you get your downloadable audio content. Been good seeing you again. Elo back in the saddle on Around the Kingdom. We thank Adam. We thank e Eric Lopez uh, for each of them. I'm Trace Troco. Go Knights! And charge on.
Social Podcast Network.